Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, power and the people, how Ireland's energy crisis has left households out in the cold. For Pete's sake, what is going on with the sale of turf? They're walking us into, into the darkness. That's what they're doing now, when they don't have alternatives. And why does it have to be so confusing? So why is Leo Radker then telling his parliamentary party that uh, uh, telling those who cut and sell turf that they could no longer do so was like telling the French they can't have wine or the Italians they can't have pasta and basically saying a pause is in place. No, there's not a pause. There's not a pause. Leo Radker's wrong. You know, a temporary respite with the reduction in VAT on electricity and gas is to be welcomed. But will it really offset the ever-looming carbon tax? And just how long are these heating headaches and household hikes here for? The reality is that uh, we're looking at an inflation problem that's going to be with us as an issue, certainly for the foreseeable future. I'm Siobhan Maguire and joining me today are TD Danny Healy-Ray to share his thoughts on this on-again, off-again turf ban and economist with KBC Bank, Austin Hughes, and how we can all settle in for the long haul where the rising cost of living is concerned. Across the sea and south to Era, peat has always held a place high in the nation's economy. Danny Healy-Ray, thank you very much for joining me today. Look, this idea of turf wars has everybody talking and indeed it's a little bit of an urban-rural divide in a way. Uh, We have Eamon Ryan from the Green Party saying that there will be a definite ban coming into effect from September on the sale and supply of turf. And uh, now we have Leo Varadkar, Tornishta, telling us that this ban will not be going ahead. So what's your own take on all of this? Well, it is a threat to rural Ireland and it is a threat to people that have no other option only to, to burn turf and, and timber in their fires. And and as as we've been told and as we know, people can cut their own turf, people mm. that are, are able. But what about uh, old people that buy a bit of turf and, 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 and a load of timber for, uh, for to keep their fires going and to keep, the, to keep themselves warm and they they have no other option and and what the, what the government are doing now and it it seems to me that the that the the, the green party have only have only got tunnel vision they want them them prepared are are them and doing much else only increasing the the carbon tax and and ensuring that the carbon tax is increased and they have uh, Michal Martin and the Fianna Fáil party and, and Leo and his party over the battle and you see threatening that they'll pull their support if the, if the, if the carbon tax isn't increased again 
under foster me and it's absolutely ridiculous because the for in the first instance the carbon tax was to increase fuel and to let the 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 the, the people out there realize that you know that uh, that that they are make them feel guilty about uh, uh, you know burning uh, diesel or or, or petrol uh, and that the, the, this price was going to that the carbon tax was going to deter them from uh, you know using petrol and diesel but sure it's gone up way beyond what the carbon tax would go up in the next three or four years it's gone up in in three or four months uh, beyond that uh, beyond that limit you know when the carbon tax was suggested first the price of petrol and diesel was 115 or 120 a liter now we see what is 190 or two euros so I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It just seems to me that they've got tunnel vision. But they, they, do, they do just, they're walking us into, into the darkness. That's what they're doing now. And, and, uh, and, and when they don't have alternatives, and sure, they should let us cut uh, turf. And, and, and if there's people out there that can cut it and sell it to people that need it, that's no crime, Sean. Danny, let's go back to the issue of the peat ban. And, you know, I grew up in the Midlands, surrounded by bogs. And, you know, we we had the turf burning in the fire. You heated the range with turf. That's what we did. And I would imagine it's similar, you know, when you're part of the country, that people cut their own turf and use it to heat their homes. What will you be telling your constituents and say even large scale uh, turf cutting operators in regard to the uh, um, impending ban? I'm saying to people here in Kerry, anyone that can and has a bog, they should cut a bit of turf if they're able. And if they can't, they should uh, uh, ensure that they have enough turf from whatever source or from the sources they have been getting uh, and and ensure that they have it for the winter because it's fine for Eamon Ryan be, be, be telling us uh, not to cut turf, but he he probably can put put on a couple of overcoats on him or whatever, and maybe he has some other type of heating. He's not too bothered about the people down here, but for elderly people and indeed families with children, elderly people must keep warm, and we must keep our children warm as well, and and uh, everyone must ensure and and and. And, and make out for themselves and, 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 and look into the future and see what they're going to have. I mean, the bag of coal, look how much it's gone up. Mm-hmm. And, and they're telling us not to, to burn top. Yet at the same time, they, they're saying you can burn this smokeless coal, which is a way dirtier than the top and the timber. People here in rural Terry, they are doing no harm to the environment as people... In, in mountainy places under the foot of Magneton, down in the Black Valley, over in Guinea, Willa and Scotland Lynn. And I, I can tell you, they are causing no pollution. I mean, and they should be after the countries that are, who are doing nothing at all uh, uh, about uh, about climate change or, 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 or we'll say, uh, going fossil fuel free. Them countries and and they and they won't and they'll come. I was in America there for for, for uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and if we see the size of the vehicles that are there, big petrol run jeeps, five point seven and seven point eight liter, big eight cylinder engines, and we have little four cylinder engines here, maybe one point six. 
1.4 and the very most 2 litre and 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 Eamon Ryan still says we haven't right. Danny, in relation then to uh, the peat ban, if constituents rely on their bag of turf to heat their home, you know, should they still be able to buy that? And indeed, if that is the case, does that mean that the turf cutters who aren't supposed to be selling from September should continue to do so? I'm certainly telling them to do that. Because to me, uh, it's it's your, your, your right Heat yourself, and 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 do not to be able to come in and have someone to sit down warm and 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 cozy uh, in a cold evening after a half day's work, and 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 if Emil Ryan or anyone else is saying that we can do it, it's their wrong, and the people that are cutting the turf, whether they're cutting to sell it or cutting just to bottle it themselves, they're doing no harm in the world to anyone, and this this is the. The, this is the the time and the place now that people will have to stand up and take no more of their rubbish because it is rubbish. Even if it's against the law, Danny? Well, I I never told anyone to break the law, but I definitely uh, will cut my own turf and I, I'll give a few bags of it to people that, that I have given it traditionally over the years and I'll ensure that, that those people that I won't treat them any different this year because of... of, of of, of Eamon Ryan and, and his carry-on. And it's up to the government backbenchers now and knows their time. They're giving out about it and they're going to the media and they'll have to fight for their people because if they don't do that, they're not what, they're, they're not what you know, uh, the, the support of the people if, if they're trying to cut them like that. Today, the government has now agreed to reductions in the rate of VAT from 13.5% to 9% on the supply of gas and electricity from the 1st of May to the 31st of October. Carbon tax will make life harder for workers and families who are already struggling to keep on top of their soaring energy bills. So this measure has been introduced in recognition both of the challenge with the cost of living, but also in particular to offset the increase in carbon tax which will take effect from the 1st of May. They live in dread, in panic, and in some cases in fear. People are being fleeced by big energy companies who are making bumper profits. Austin Hughes, when will the cost of living become less of a crisis and more manageable? I think it's going to take some time, certainly probably the end of this year and into next year. But uh, the reality is that uh, we're looking at an inflation problem that's going to, to last a lot longer than uh, myself or most other economists ever expected. So it's going to make headlines probably even greater headlines in the next couple of months because inflation is likely to go higher before it starts to ease off. Um, but um, I think we have to recognize that inflation is going to be with us as an issue, certainly for the foreseeable future. And I guess, Austin, the question from consumers would be like, what else can possibly go up now? It feels like everything already has. 
Well, if you look at the, the official data, uh, it, it's still the case that the, the increases are, are quite concentrated. They're largely in areas like energy and in some food but products, but not all. So unfortunately, if things are to go pear-shaped, uh, there is scope for, for more uh, bad news on that front. The hope will be that the in, uh, inflation problem remains contained. Remember, for the last 10 or so years, low inflation has been the problem. And most people, uh, you know, while there's been a significant struggle in terms of, you know, dealing with the after effects of the financial crisis, high inflation hasn't been a key issue for Irish consumers. It's housing costs and job security, those sorts of issues. Now this is a new area and it's largely due to a surge in energy costs. The, the increases we've seen over the last year have been quite eye-watering. You know, electricity prices are up 22%, gas prices up 27.9%. And in the latest round of numbers, we've seen home heating oil up 127%. Uh, fuels are up about 48%. So they're the real runaway items. But the Statistics Office breaks down consumer spending into 12 areas. And of those, six are increasing at less than 3% a year. And seven actually had a lower year-on-year -year rate of inflation uh, in March than in February. So for the moment, it, it's energy and some food elements. But it's in areas that consumers frequently notice. You know, so we regularly... We buy food in the shops and bread prices are up quite significantly. Uh, meat prices are up quite significantly. Milk prices are up quite significantly. And of course, we, we fill the car regularly and we have to heat the house. So they're in very high visibility areas uh, at the moment. The hope is that it can be contained and that eventually, because it tends to happen, the commodity price surges like this eventually ease back. So we will hopefully see some softening in oil prices, but it will take possibly another year or so before uh, we see a significant easing. And the hope is that in the meantime, we don't see these pressures get into everything we buy. And if it's if this is lasting for another 12 months, um, Austin, is it is it a, a, a kind of blanket increase um, across the country? Is it affecting people uh, more than others? I mean, and I'm not talking about just low income families here. Is there an urban rural divide, for example? The reality is uh, that households in rural areas spend more on transport. Uh, the average spend on transport is, is supposed to be around 15%. Uh, and again, that will vary dramatically depending on where in the country you are. Um, uh, you know, if you're in an urban area where you can walk, cycle or get public transport, it probably is a much lower amount. Whereas if you're in a rural area where every journey is a car journey, uh, then you're going to spend significantly more. And as a result, where because energy costs are up, as I say, nearly 50% in the last year, you are really suffering at the minute. 
And, you know, this idea that VAT uh, will be cut or the PSO levy scrapped from October, will any of these things uh, help at all in terms of um, people's disposable income? (laughs) Yeah, and first of all, it's important to say that the Irish government does not have in its gift the capacity to control global energy costs. So, they, they can't really reverse the sort of pressures that we've seen. All they can do is try and ease the pain a little bit. And what they have to do then is be very careful to try and target the measures, uh, whether it's through specific elements in energy, as, as you, you mentioned, or, or to hit those most affected. And that would be to... to um, maybe raise social welfare rates because, again, low-income families are going to spend more on food and energy than other households. And in that respect, the pain is greatest uh, on them. So uh, the government can do things. You know, personally, I think it must do things. It is very important for people to feel that there is some effort, some policy initiative to try and ease the pain, because otherwise you get into a situation of a free for all where everyone attempts to insulate themselves from inflation. And we tried that back in the 80s, both in Ireland and in a number of other countries. And all you get is a further ramping up and a more generalized surge in prices. So I I think the government needs needs to do something. It needs to be very careful what it needs. It can do. It needs not to overpromise. So, you know, it needs to be careful about what it says it can do, but it does need to materially improve uh, the situation for the, the poorest households, for those most affected by the rise in transport costs. Uh, and it needs to be seen to be active in order to prevent, as I say, a more generalized but economic called wage price spiral. And so, Austin, when you talk about uh, social welfare, for example, you know, and helping those who desperately need the help the most, um, are are we looking at something like, say, an emergency budget, a mini budget? I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, Because, again, I think, you know, it's important that government gives the signal that it is acting Uh, And that, you know, it's limited in what it can do, but it is prepared to act. So I do think you need to make that measure. I also think it's important that people realize that, you know, if these price pressures are with us for a prolonged period of time, it's no use giving people a once-off payment. You are going to have to allow families to say, well, there's an extra five or a week, at least that will allow us to X or Y. You know, it's not going to be a case that the government can take away all the pain. But I do think it has to make some effort to give families just a sense that there is someone uh, trying to offset uh, the pressures that they now face. My thanks there to Austin Hughes, Chief Economist with KBC Bank, and before him, Danny Healy-Ray, TD. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's Indo-Daily was presented and produced by myself, researched by Gareth Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound by John Smith. Clips from independent.ie, RTE61 News, News Talk Breakfast and The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk Radio. 
If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.